Welcome back to the DJ Sessions, where we feature the best DJs and producers from around the world. I'm your host, Darren, and right now I'm sitting in the virtual studio in Seattle, Washington, with none other halfway around the world coming in. I believe I want to say Sweden. Is that right, Bjorn? Yeah, that's correct. All the way from Sweden, we got Bjorn Akkesson coming in and doing a wonderful virtual sessions with us today. How's it going, Bjorn? All good, thanks. All good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. You know, it's just turning into the, the well, Seattle winter season here, uh, you know, where we get our snow apocalypse of our one inch of snow in the entire city shuts down. But other than that, things are moving and grooving over here at the DJ sessions and uh, got some exciting stuff coming up for 2022. How's things over there in Sweden? Um, all good. It's getting uh, cold. We, um, I think it's snowing a little bit now. And more to be expected tomorrow and next week. So, yeah. Do you get to get out and do any, do you do any outdoor sports, skiing, snowboarding, anything like that? No, it's, um, I think here I live in the south part of Sweden. So it's okay. very flat uh, for skiing and stuff like that. You have to go way up north for uh, for those activities. How far is way up north for you? I would say um, everything uh, north of Stockholm, I would call the north. How far away is that from where you live? So I live pretty much in the south of the south. That's part of Sweden. So as far down as you can get. <laughs> but kilom- kilometer wise. Um, we, we live in, we li- I live in Washington state. <laughs> I'm just trying to get a comparison for our viewers that may not know. I mean, you can go look up on a map and see how big Sweden is, but uh, you know, how, it's about how, a it's about an eight hour drive. Eight hour, okay. That would that would put us pretty far. That would be a journey. That'd be like almost getting to San Francisco from where we live. Um, so, and San Francisco is about twelve hours away. Well, that's exciting. Um, you know, you've been doing some live streaming over the past uh, year, and uh, I noticed that you're using a particular piece of gear. It looks like one of the pieces of gear we use here in our studios. Are you using the RX2 when you're doing your yeah. live streams? Mm-hmm. I love that unit. Got that unit uh, for our productions. It's nice. It's compact. Um, I also got an RR next to that because we do silent concert events. So I have to have multiple pieces of gear for multiple channels. But what are your thoughts? What are your takeaways on the RX2? And and have you seen the new RX3? Yeah, well, uh, I've seen it. It looks, uh, it looks like a beefed up version of the RX2. And uh, in my experience, uh, the RX2 is, is really nice. It's uh, modern, it's snap, and it's very compact. But I think for home home usage, it's it's all you need because you may not have so much space to put um, full gear with, with separate CD players, mixers, and so on. So uh, it's a very, very cool device. And I really like the touchscreen function you can um, search uh by uh typing in letters and so on and um the record box functionality is really good too yeah it's uh found out it was like three weeks ago i found out the rx3 was released and i was right there getting ready to push buy and then i went wait a second if i do this it goes down the rabbit hole of buying new toys and then it's like wait do i get two of them do i get three of them oh no you know and it's uh, technology is always moving forward which is awesome and uh again i've been very impressed with that rx2 so when i saw it i'm like that gear looks familiar i know that so um now do you play primarily using a laptop or do you use usb sticks um 
I used to use USB sticks, but recently um, in my home, I stream with the uh, record box, which uh, opens up a lot more possibilities. And you don't need to worry about what you bounce down and so on. You just have all the music you have in your record box available right there. I think that's um, that's really, really good. It's much more convenient. And what would you say is the top track you're throwing into every mix that you'd be using right now or, or, or lately? Um, that's a really tough question. So <laughs> in, in my streams, I haven't had so much time on, on getting new music. So I've been kind of looking down finding tracks that I've saved all, all, um, during the years that I've been active. So I play a lot of music from 2008, 2012. So can I just get whatever I'm in the mood for playing? Um, so yeah, that's what I'd be focusing right now. But I do like that new heat beat track. I think it's called Circus. That's the one track I have on my list that I haven't really downloaded yet. But when I stream, I, I, I will play that one a lot. Nice. And have you ever experimented with mixing audio and video at the same time? And if not, would that be something you might look to do in the future? Um, I haven't done it before, but I um, definitely um, think that, you know, since DJing been around so long, you know, beat matching and you have all these tools and you uh, sync buttons and so on, there's, not that much left to do. I mean, people don't, don't care about how your beat matching and so on. So that opens up for new possibilities and video is one of those. And I think that can really create a new experience, but I don't think it's right for everything. You know, sometimes you just want minimal visual visualizations and you just want the music. Um, but it's def definitely something I would like to experiment with more. It's just uh, yeah, I figure figure it out how to how to do it and and what to display and so on. Yeah, and, and I mean with the advent of live streaming and one of Twitch, I am I'm assuming you're using Twitch to, as your background, your platform. We love yep. Twitch, great relationship working with them. With the advent that Twitch's requirements are that you have to have a video as part of your stream. You can't just throw up a, a solid image and use it like a radio station or just audio only. Um, mm -hmm. You could see maybe a lot of the manufacturers like Pioneer, um, I believe they did make a video mixer back in the day. I'm not sure if they, if they currently still offered it or not. I should get up to speed on that. But maybe companies are gonna start looking at making video mixers directly for live streaming performances. So the DJs can now import, instead of just downloading the track, they might be able to download the video and the track and mix them both together. You know, you, you buy maybe a, a better version or a higher end version, you get the video feed with it, which would be a new twist on, on DJing from a live streaming perspective. But then you could go to an event and you could feed those videos out to the audience as well. It'd be interesting to see what the remix of the videos would be because there's always artists remixing tracks. How would you remix the video? You know, I think would be kind of interesting as well. Um, now I, I see you have, we're talking a little bit about hardware, obviously the RX2 and, and you have a, a studio setup uh, that you, you, you make your music from. Is it hardware or software or both when it comes to, to making tracks? Uh, right now it's both. Um, I used to, when I first started out, the VSTs weren't good enough. So you had to get the hardware. And 
in order for it to sound professional. And um, then when they started releasing these high quality VSTs, I kind of switched over only to software, but um, now I have a little, uh, a few pieces of hardware that I'm experimenting with and, and I use a little bit. And it's, it's, it's fun to mix it up. It's, I still think I prefer software though, because you have that um, easy way to edit and you don't have to record and re-record and set up and so on. So I, I do prefer software when it comes to workflow, but hardware still have the uh, upper hand, I think, for uh, sound quality. Absolutely. I was going through your Twitter a little bit here and pulled something up. It was for a little bit ago, but I want to find out a little bit more about it. Let our DJ sessions pry a little bit into that Bjorn head. Said, study, code, game, or make music this Saturday night. The choice is difficult. Yeah. Studying for what? We're going to take each one of these individually. Studying for what? Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm big into tech. Um, I do love coding. And I, I got a day job a few years ago, which is in tech. And when I got into that job, there was just so many terms, so many new techniques, and so much that I just had no idea. So I started to study you know after work study um what does this mean how does this work how can i use this for this and so on so um that is one thing but i'm also i'm very late on getting my driver's license so i'm studying that too at the moment so so yeah for studying that's all right and then coding obviously would be work related or you're not are you building your own code or doing your own projects or is this all just work related uh, it's my own project, but it's for work. Um, I also always make my own websites. Um, even if that's not pure code, perhaps it's still <laughs> fun, very fun to do. I, I love doing it. Yeah, no, I, I know. I know what that's like uh, building websites. I've been doing it since 2000. Well, geez, even maybe since 2002, back when it was Dreamweaver. And then, you know, they had some, some kind of plug and play applications that came out of Mac uh, that uh, Adobe kind of wrapped in and brought, but then I got into WordPress in 2005 and I kind of never looked back. I, I build everything in WordPress. I actually started building, doing clients work in WordPress. When it gets to the coding stuff, that's right where I draw a line. And I, I kind of hire somebody usually to help out and do that work. Um, but I've gotten pretty proficient with doing stuff now, even where I just built our new website that we launched early 2021, uh, the DJ Sessions website, and really proud of it. A lot of work, about 30 to 50 hours of work a week going into that. A lot of people don't know how much it, when you want to build something, you want it to work and be right. They don't really see you doing all the back end work. They see the end result. It's like the cake that comes out of the oven. It's like, yeah, but I spent three months building that cake. <laughs> You know, and well, three months, I, I was partying and having fun over three months. And I spent two hours doing something on this project. Like, yeah, I did 30 to 50 hours a week <laughs> and then had to work with two dev teams as well. The, the, the creators of the site and then a dev a coder to come in and build specific applications in, which then I took this work from this dev, told this dev team about it. And they said, we want to incorporate that in. I'm like, you're going to pay me for that? <laughs> We developed that for your stuff. So it's a lot of work that goes into that. And uh, I can totally understand the, 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 the pleasure it comes from building a website. It, it, it does it because I've done it several times. Now, when it comes to gaming, what's your top game right now? Um, 
so right now I'm playing the new Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon game, which it's a puzzle game. So mostly I play retro style games and even in real retro games. So that's what I prefer. But um, yeah, right now I'm playing that um, Pocket Dungeon game. It's it's a lot of fun. It's very difficult, but it's uh, I love a challenge. Is that the one where you kind of have the knight in it? You pull the sword and the gold comes down and the lava comes out. You try to get them through the dungeon. Is that the one? Uh, I don't think so. It's uh, or maybe it is. They have like lots of stages and different things. So um, could be. I'm, I'm I'm looking it up right now. Pocket dungeon. <laughs> Pocket dungeon. I think I see ads for this all the time. Oh, it kind of is. Looks like a oh. Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That looks kind of cool. So yeah, you go around dungeon to dungeon fighting things? Um, yeah, you go to different stages and, and you solve the, the puzzles and they have like bosses and, and different characters and so on. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And the music is really good too. Would you ever make a track for the company or have you submitted or talk, talked with them at all? I'm saying I'd like to make uh, something for you. No, not at all. Uh, the guy they have making the music is really, really talented. He's doing such a great job that, you know, I wouldn't want to want to want to interfere or anything like that. Maybe a co-collaboration. <laughs> yeah, it would be fun. Uh, be I, awesome. I, I have like a secret dream of making a whole uh, Nintendo 8-bit soundtrack someday. It would be a lot of fun, but yeah, it takes a lot of time too. It does. And, and speaking of games, are, have you looked into doing anything in the VR or AR realm? Uh, no, not really. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of a big, it, it, it's growing. I think after this season, we're going to see a lot, especially with the advent of Oculus being pushed by Facebook in, in so many ways. Um, you're just starting to see Oculus commercials pop up all over the place. I think they're going to kind of be the forefront of the Atari or the Nintendo which it'll be the commonplace device to go grab. I mean, there are other phenomenal devices out there, don't get me wrong, but you know, going out and spending $1,500 on a headset and $2,000, $3,000 on a computer just isn't right for every eight-year-old. You know, Whereas a $300 Oculus might be the right gift to, to put in their hands and at least get them started. And you know, Facebook working with Horizons and, and, and then there's all the other different realms, all of space VR chat. We're even in the process of developing a VR nightclub right oh, now. Wow. So it's, it's, I got the build. We just got to get it launched and we're getting it up there. Hopefully first quarter of 2022. Um, but yeah, um, AR VR, it's going to be some really going to be some game changers there. So I always ask everyone if they're looking into that or, you know, have, have any insight into where their directions will go with that. Yeah. Um, you've been working or you've done a few co-productions with an artist by the name of Rinaldi. I got that correct, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, how do you like working together with them? It seems you two are, are kind of close. Yeah, she's my girlfriend, so we're <laughs> uh, very close. Um, yeah, it's 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 uh, very interesting. We have um, we have many similar. We have a lot of similar taste in music. And uh, we talked a, a lot about making a track together and eventually um, we ended up working on, on Icicles. And um, we had, you know, went back and forth and so on. And I think the end result was, was pretty good. So I'm really happy with the, how it turned out. And I think uh, perhaps we'll do some other tracks in the future, but 
um, I think it will sound a lot different to icicles if if we go ahead and do that. And when you're when you're making a track, is it important do, to to make it to become a popular record? Or do you just make music uh, solely to satisfy yourself and, and success is kind of a nice side effect? Yeah, it's to satisfy myself for sure. Um, you kind of feel when the track is good enough most times. So you, when, when you feel like, okay, this is, this is good and you feel you can listen to it a lot and you can come back to it later and still feel that it has something special, then, then it's uh, good to go. And uh, even if people don't like it, if, if I'm happy with the result and it feels right, then that's what matters. And if you took a, a list of your productions uh, up to date uh, so far, which of those stand out the most, which one of those stand out the most to you and why? I think um, Robot Religion is one of my favorite tracks. Um, not sure if it was the most successful one, but it's one of my favorite favorites if I have to choose because it's, I know it has some darkness to it and I like that type of sound and it's, it's different. It just feels, um, it feels me some way. It's, it's hard to explain, but it just feels, uh, feels good. And about how long did it take you to produce that track? Um, I don't remember. I usually spend a few months on the track. I don't like to rush things. I like to try a lot of different things, you know, having the track going through different phases and try new styles and sounds and see what sticks and what sounds good and what doesn't work and so on. So I usually let it lay around for a good time before I finish it off. You, you mentioned a few months. Is that typically your average and then follow up to that is what's the longest time you've ever spent producing it, taking the time to produce a track? Um, I think my longest time is like one and a half year. I did the collaboration with Betsy Larkin many years ago for her album. And we kind of went back and forth so many times and just trying so many different things. And eventually it, uh, it got finished. But uh, other than that, typically a few months is the standard time. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's kind of what I hear in the industry, you know, three, four months, you know, people want to make sure it's right and collaborating. Um, do you uh, do you do a lot of work in your studio or do you work a lot online or is it just you internally? I mean, how, what's your desired workflow when you're working with people? Um, usually I work from home, so it, it's yeah. remote work. Someone, um, someone has like the project files in their uh, studio and then we send parts back and forth. So okay. I think that's the, I think if you go into the studio and maybe you don't live close, so you have a few days only, you get have this pressure, which maybe sometimes can be good, but I don't feel good about having just a few days to finish something it doesn't really work. Well, as technology has progressed, it makes it a lot easier that, you know, you can collaborate online. I mean, that's been kind of the, the kind of a, a new standard. Uh, I work with a team over in, um, I believe they're out of Finland. Um, they're out of Europe, somewhere over there. I should know exactly where they're looking at, but um, we're in the process of starting to label ourselves and, okay. you know, working with the DJs and producers we have, and then obviously co-collaborating around the world. I, 
we wouldn't be able to fly to Europe to go get studio time or fly them over here to get studio time. So it does make it that much easier. Um, and producing music kind of stands synonymous with spending countless hours behind the computer, making your beats, making your tracks. What do you do in your free time to stay fit? Um, I used to work out. <laughs> um, no, I take the bike to work, for example. Uh, I like to take walks once in a while. Um, where I live, you don't need a, a car, so you don't have to drive everywhere. You can walk. Um, so, so um, yeah. And I, 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 I don't sit very long. I usually get out of my chair, you know, stand up, get some coffee, water, maybe stand up while you're listening to the track. So I don't tend to just sit still for several hours. I know how that is. A few years ago, um, when I was going to school, I lived downtown and I, I would get my step counter and I'd be at like 15,000 steps a day. And when I stopped going to school, I came home and I was about six, 7,000 steps a day. Some days a lot less than that because I'm in front of the computer doing a lot of stuff. But um, definitely bought a bike, try to stay in shape, try to you know stay active. Like you said, get up and move around. I'm one of the type of people that when I when I get on the phone, and I'm holding meetings, I'll walk around my living room and I have, I have to have my headsets in. So I'm moving and I, I just work better like that. And uh you know, but uh, I do use my VR headset and play Beat Saber as my workout now. Um, can burn 300, 350 calories in a good 30 minute workout and listen to some great music is why you do it. Um, yeah. So, uh, switching gears here a little bit over to social media and how important is social media to you? For me personally, I, I don't care for it that much. I think it's a shame that. We live in a time where music is so competitive that you have to spam your social media channels instead of spending time making music. Um, so, I mean, I still think artists should be active and interact with their fans, but I don't like how much you need to spend time on it and how much you need to post when you should spend it making music instead. But maybe um, the new thing will be being more anonymous and be more mysterious Maybe that will be a thing. I hope so. Oh, yeah. We'll see. Who, who takes all your pictures? Because you're standing there. You're not holding the camera in a lot of these that I was looking online and seeing. Do you I have a full-time? Oh, go uh, ahead. Uh, the recent pictures are taken by, by Rinali because she, <laughs> um, she has a good eye for photos and social media. So she uh, helps me take pictures and uh, motivates me to, to post more. But I also bought this... Um, stand where you can attach your phone and then you just put the timer or you have like a bluetooth uh remote okay. so there's a lot of things you can do by yourself actually awesome yeah i was i i, I kind of ask artists that when they got this these really awesome pictures of themselves online it's like do you have a professional photographer that follows you around or for full-time social media person that does this for you um because i know how fast it can get backstage on the go around and if you don't see that arm doing this or something you're like huh so always just asking um going back in history was a, it sounds like you've got kind of an early start early 2000s do you remember the first rave that you ever attended and what it was called huh um 
I don't remember the first one. I remember uh, some of my friends were a lot into club music, so I went to some events with them, but I don't remember which the first one was. Um, but I remember going to um, to Copenhagen for some some shows where they still had trance music. So I, I, the time that I got into trance was kind of the same time where it was fading out and the events here in, in Europe started to close down and so on. So I had a few events I could go to here locally, but then um, kind of just disappeared. And uh, I was I was going over your uh, one of your bios here, and it said that you you kind of got you noticed electronic music that you were kind of influenced by electronic music from a video game called Wipeout 2097. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, remi- that game, if I'm putting my memory back into it, is that the one where you were like the race and you fly around, you go in the tubes and could go upside down and everything? Was that mm-hmm. Wipeout? That's or um, so um, it might be F-Zero you're thinking about, but so right. Wipeout 2097 is called Wipeout XL in the US. So 2097 is the European name. Uh, but the, I think the newer Wipeout games have that stuff, but Wipeout 2097 XL, that's, that's the best game in the series. And the soundtrack is the best in the series as well. So it's, it's unique. And the games that came after, I, I, I don't care about them at all. But um, but definitely it was a racing game. I, I remember I'm looking it up right now and I remember this game and I think you're right. It was heralded as having one of those soundtracks that was phenomenal. Um, it was really, really awesome. Be awesome to see something like that in VR, maybe come out where you jump yeah. into a race. There are some racing games out there, but I think as the advent goes on, hey, maybe Wipeout, maybe there'll be a Wipeout title in the near future. Um, yeah. uh, you know, other than that, you know, is there anything else that you may want to let our DJ Sessions fans know about? Well, uh, I am experimenting with a lot of music right now, and um, I will not release anything un- until I- I'm happy. So hopefully next year there will be some music. I can't promise, but I hope so. And uh, will you be continuing to do live streams? Um, yeah, there will be a few streams. Awesome. Awesome. Well, where can people find out more information about you and what you got going on? Uh, through my social media. Uh, I have them all collected at uh, my website, bjornakason.com. So that would be the easiest way to, to find, find me. Bjornakason.com. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the DJ sessions. We look forward to seeing what you have coming up for 2022 and beyond. And uh, maybe we'll see you online in some of those new video games that come out. Wipe out. Come on, let's push for it. I want to race you. Sure. And and thank you so much for having me. It was uh, fun to talk about music. Awesome. Thank you. All right. That's Bjorn Atkinson on the DJ Sessions presents the virtual sessions. Don't forget to go to our website, thedjsessions.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the DJ Sessions, hashtag TDJS. If you're so bold, this is Bjorn. I always get these confused. Bjorn and Darren on the DJ Sessions presents the virtual sessions. And you know what the DJ Sessions, the music never stops.